Welcome to Justice Losers, the podcast where we talk about pop culture meat. Welcome to episode 100, where 100 we still don't have an intro down. 100 episodes of this. Uh, we're talking about pop culture media, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always uh, by my delightful co-host, Batman. You fucking, you mentioning, asking if we say where got into my head after I said it, and it threw me off. I know. This I'm in is your just head. a catastrophe already. <laughs> uh, Matt, what should people do for the hundredth time? Uh, people should like, subscribe, and tell a friend. And it's only ninety nine because I wasn't on one of the backups. That has not come out. That has not come out. Nope. So this Woo! is still. I've been your... on all one hundred. You're, you're still batting a thousand. Yes, go me. You're matting a thousand. I'll take it. Yeah, like, subscribe, tell a friend. Check out our Twitter. We have one. I should put things on put things on Twitter. No one follows us on Twitter. You know what's actually interesting? They don't follow us because we don't put anything there. No, no one fucking follow. I don't put anything because no <laughs> one follows us. It's a vicious cycle. No one like reacts to anything that I post. Like I actually have kind of done a decent job of posting, but no one fucking like likes anything or retweets anything. So this is your fault. Follow us at yeah. Justice Losers Pod. Passing and... off the responsibility. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So happy 100 episodes. Happy 100. I. Would have got you a present, but we're both broke. Yeah, I'm not that broke. I'm You're not that broke. You guys have jobs. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have a job, but I'm also in school. Right. Which is making me want to kill myself. But yay. But yeah, Matt, what you been up to? Don't do school, kids. Uh, but do drugs. <laughs> I've been doing uh, a lot of the same things I've been doing. I finished Good Place season three. Okay. Um, I enjoyed the the whole. I had gotten to the big. Thing. Okay um near the end it's a clever concept um i'll admit it's actually something i've kind of meditated on before not to say i'm too pretentious and show-offy and it was cool. you definitely sounded too pretentious and i know yeah but it's i i like the way they explored it and developed it and it's a it's a fun show and a funny show even though i don't know maybe one in four jokes just feels like a basic cable joke yeah um and I don't really know how to explain that. Uh, there's there's one one of the last couple episodes, I guess, um, where Tahani is complaining about this blogger guy. And she says, he portrays me as uh, dramatic and overreacting to everything and so privileged. And just yeah. having a complete privileged uh, dramatic meltdown. Yeah. And it's, you know, yeah, it's a... That'll get a laugh out of everyone. The kind of joke that's like, hey, it's funny because she is. Right. Kind of stuff. Yeah. The sort where if you don't appreciate good writing, it seems like a pretty decent joke. I think I appreciate good writing enough that I don't even really think that it would be a good joke if you don't appreciate Like, it's it's kind of a dumb mm-hmm. joke regardless, and I don't see how anyone would think it's a dumb joke, but I think that's because I am now I now have blinders on. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit, a little bit uh let's see i finally got back into mindhunter um after i got about halfway through the second season and then stopped because i was moving and just had other priorities mm-hmm. uh watched one more episode uh yesterday or the other day uh, it's still good i'm gonna wait till i come to the end of the season to come to a definitive conclusion but right now i think season two is definitely worse just not a lot worse uh-huh. um but i'll hold off because i want to see how this all unravels yeah um there's just some stylistic choices that are a little weird in the plot does a couple things that i think make more sense on paper than they do in on 
on screen mm-hmm. in practice. So I'll I'll get into that a little more probably next week. Uh, read another couple issues of Brian Michael Bendis on Daredevil. Okay, it's still awesome. Uh, Vanessa has rolled up and is straight up killing people. Well, paying other people to straight up kill people yeah. for her. Um, it's good to see her get some real action, being a real character. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty major thing just happened at the last at the end of the last issue. Um, I'm not going to spoil it, although it's comic that came out in like 2002 so yeah i'm spoiling it spoiler alert uh yeah daredevil secret identity gets leaked to the world oh yeah that's a that's a known thing we knew that that we knew that happened we knew that happened um so i'm interested to see where this goes yep but uh yeah that'll be fun read another chapter or so of it still good because i still haven't hit the child orgy yeah just wait (laughs) yeah (laughs) i know (laughs) Cool. So literally nothing different from last week. Yeah, nothing. It's the same thing I've been doing all month. Yeah. Pretty much. I read a couple more. Oh, this is cool. I've been reading also a little more of Song of Ice and Fire. I'm doing the combined reading order for Feast for Crows. Feast mm-hmm. with Crows. Feast of Crows. Feast throughout Crows. Feast among Crows. I feel like we made this joke last time. We did. It wasn't great. We never settled on a preposition that was more interesting than the actual. I think Feast Within Crows. Feast Within Crows. So, gut bacteria. Very important people. I think I made that joke last time. Probably. Probably. 100 years of repeated jokes. 100 years. 100 100 episodes. (laughs) Ties back our first annual. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) One of the first things ever said was me saying first annual and then bitching about people saying first annual when it's inaugural yep and then you said sure hope it's not annual and look look at that guys it was annual it's been 100 years yep wow That's... we look good for being 122 121 it's been three years yeah three it was and a half. yeah it's 2017 spring 2017 wow no yeah two and a half years two and a half years yep wow cool. yeah nice uh where was I? Oh, Song of Ice and Fire. Uh, feast, feast within crows and uh, dance about in the general vicinity of some dragons. What was the? There was a preposition I said. Um, in lieu of is technically a preposition. Oh, oh. dance so in lieu like, of dragons. Yeah. If there are dragons, more running, more screaming. There <laughs> <laughs> we go. Uh. Yeah, so I never I never noticed this the first time through because uh, Sam's chapters are all in Feast with Crows, and John's chapters are all in Dance uh, in Lieu of Dragons. And there's a really cool one that this combined reading order I'm doing the boiled leather reading order for people who are interested. Mm-hmm. Um, it puts a Sam chapter back to back with a John chapter, and it's the exact same scene, exact same conversation. Oh from their different perspectives and so okay that'd just be a clever little structural device but sam's perspective is missing something because john lies to sam about something in that conversation okay and so sam's chapter goes first in this combined reading order and you're like okay this is what's going on and then john's chapter hits and it puts a completely different spin on some of the stuff in their conversation Mm. and it's really cool Cool. And it just it, it shows some of the stuff that's going through John's head. Um, John kind of psychoanalyzes Sam at a couple of points, and if you read Sam's POV, it's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, 
it's just it, it's very clever yeah. I, really, I really like that cool um so yep still enjoying that uh i think that's all i've done so yeah what do you what you been up to fucking nothing all right uh just just homework i've been watching scrubs while i'm at work but that's pretty much it i can tell you the difference between linear discriminant analysis and principal component analysis woohoo not going to because not that not that good at knowing the difference but i could kind of vaguely tell you the difference yeah but yeah not school is just murdering me in the face uh um yeah no nothing i got nothing haven't been doing anything all right so yay Yay. oh no i've been listening to bombay bicycle club and a lot more of hippocampus i think i mentioned hippocampus last week yeah um bombay bicycle club is a I don't. I didn't mention them last week, but I. I'm listening. I have a new playlist called Explore, which is basically where I just take whatever kind of new artists I'm listening to, and I just listen to them on repeat until I'm very comfortable with their music, and then continue on. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Cool news. News. Uh, it's kind of a slow news week. Yeah. Um, I took a screenshot of something. Gemini Man's getting weirdly good reactions. Really? First reactions. Yeah. People are saying. Hey, this is good. This is uh well, people are describing it as a game changer and visually visceral. So, it's probably pretty good. Yeah. That's probably what that means. Uh but that's a lot better than we were both expecting, I think, out of the first couple trailers there. So, oh, I got a yeah. whole bunch of uh, I remember why I screenshot it is because there was a whole bunch of noteworthy news articles on the same screen. Oh. Uh, so first of all, Sonic Creators teases a new action game. So we're gonna get a new Sonic game. Probably gonna be fucking terrible. Cause Probably. They almost all are. Uh, Disney Plus confirms. Co- Disney Plus confirmed to include a movie with f bombs. Gateway into maybe having Deadpool actually be Deadpool. Okay. That'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, E3 reportedly considering huge changes for 2020, which is if you hark back, harken back to our E3 episode, how I. That scared the shit out of me. <laughs> it was it? My phone was sitting a reflection on the wall to the left of me. Um, there's a whole bunch of problems with the way the E3 is. Uh, it's obsolete. It makes no sense. It's awkward. It's terrible. Um, so they're looking at going more towards GamesCon, where it's it's going to be more structured as a show than a press conference. Because right now it's it's press conference trying to be hip. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't work, but they're going for pre- they're, tr- they're it seems like they're gonna try to just go for full convention like Comic Con where it's panels and so the difference between like E three is E three has like developers who are not people skills people no and they just come out exact and try opposite. to talk and it's super awkward but then Comic Con is you have the the actual like talent come out and talk and make announcements and stuff so. They're probably going to move more towards that. Um, And then another one. (sighs) I don't care to hear about this because I'm not a huge fan of the movie in general. But Princess Bride apparently is getting a remake. That's a movie that should go unremade. Is it? It's unremakeable. Is it? Yes. Is it? I know you hate this movie and it's kind of an irrational hatred of you like me and Debbie see. um, it's not irrational i just genuinely don't enjoy it i didn't enjoy it the first time i watched it 
and then enjoy mm. it any other time people try to force me to watch it which isn't helpful for my opinion yeah, of it. Yeah, no, yeah. That's that's fair. It's just not my humor. Like there's a couple points where it's it's kind of a humor. It's like the inconceivable. Mhm. But it's just there's really not anything. The the uh, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father prepared to die like saying that a million times. I mean, it's not particularly funny. So like five times in the whole movie. Yeah, it just doesn't no, no, it's Napoleon Dynamite isn't my kind of humor. Yeah. It just feels like the same kind of thing for me. Okay. But, yeah. Yep. That No, that movie does not need a remake. Because so much of what makes it so great is just the cheesy 80-ness, 80s-ness of it all. Mm-hmm. And the, the bad effects and uh, just sort of the... It's not an atmosphere you can replicate, I think, without coming across either artificial or you just go like 21st century effects and whatnot yeah. and it just is bland and cheap and emotionless yeah so this is a disastrous idea and i would not be entirely surprised to see it get canceled yeah it's it's uh, i don't give a shit they can remake it i'll watch people lose their minds it's kind of fun for me yep but um in better news for announced movies uh wes anderson's next movie has a cast and a title okay uh it's called the french dispatch um, oh that's right i did see that yeah it's a uh, it's something about journalists and um stories there's not a lot in terms of plot details right now gotcha uh the cast is kind of ridiculous um bill murray owen wilson and tilda swinton who are all regulars they show up in wes anderson a lot they're the uh they're the michael kane uh killian killian damn it killian murphy and tom hardy of uh yeah that fucker yep. guy that can make movies. <laughs> Are they Killian Murphy's in the in Tenet, isn't he? Um, I'm pretty sure. And Michael Caine definitely is. Michael Caine is, yeah. Yeah. So yep. Um and then also, uh just the the kind of background secondary cast. Benicio del Toro, Francis McDormand, Adrian Brody, Jeffrey Wright, Leah Sido Leah Sido. Sido. She was Inspector. Right. And Timothy Chalamet. So that's pretty stacked right there. Chalamet, if you may. <laughs> or was it uh, Sasha Way, uh, Chalamet, or Devernay Sasha Way, uh, Chalamet, come and stay. Chalamet, you could stay. Duvernay Sasha Way. Yeah, love that. Yep. Cool. Yep. Uh, Goldfinch had a completely disastrous opening. It's probably going to end up losing. Goldfinch? The Goldfinch. That. It's the movie with Ansel Elgort that's based, and Finn Wolfhard also, that's based on the Pulitzer Prize winning novel of the same name by Donna Tart. Man, he sounds sour. <laughs> she. She. Donna. Oh, I thought you said Donald. Nope. Got it. Yeah. Uh, so a dude could be named Donna. Yeah. Fucking sexist. All right. Of course, a girl can be named Donald. True. Maybe. Oh, are there any Donalds? Are girls? I don't know any. Anyway. Uh anyway, yeah, it uh it's it's a book that's probably really hard to adapt cuz it's about 750 pages and jumps across several different timelines. Uh would have probably worked really well as like a Netflix miniseries, maybe uh-huh. 8 10 episodes, something like that. Yeah. Uh but as a 2-hour movie, not great. So it's it got pretty bad reviews and it wasn't promoted super heavily. 
and so I think fans of the book weren't that excited about it and no one else really cares because it kind of just looks like a another drama yeah to on the outside and it wasn't getting any exciting word of mouth so it made like two million dollars opening weekend and what did you say its budget was uh, I don't remember the exact budget off the top of my head but it's hefty um, like I mean you can't afford Ansel Elgort without a yeah. decent budget uh, let's see 45 million dollar budget and a two and a half million dollar opening weekend. So, yeah, it's it's bad. Yeah. That's, oh, well. Uh, speaking of bad things, uh, noted enemy of the show Rob Liefeld said that the Watchmen movie is better than the comic. <laughs> <sighs> what do you think? Should we, should we is give that this a, idea? Are we done with shake? news? Should that be kind of our first? No, I do have one more thing. Okay, let's talk about that first, and then we'll get into the that. Rob Liefeld. Uh, okay. Uh, I didn't know this. Uh, so Gilmore Girls is a show that I enjoy. It's not brilliant, but it's it's just a fun fun mm. watch. It's sort of... It'd be a guilty pleasure if I were capable of feeling guilt. Yeah. Um, yeah, I enjoy it. But season seven is kind of... The last, the last season is kind of definitely the worst. Mm-hmm. It really rushes through some storylines and the writing falls off a little bit. And I didn't know this. It's because it was acquired by the CW prior to season seven. Holy mother of God. <laughs> yeah. I'm reading this article on Screen Rant about how it was it was a great show. And then season seven happened. Uh, and it was because the CW, it was, the CW network formed around the show. And that was before season seven. Thanks, CW. You ruined everything. I'm having a come apart. It's bringing out my southern lady. <laughs> and I'm having a bit of a come apart. <laughs> God fucking damn it. That's actually something we're also going to get into for this episode. Yep. Uh, I'm going to get into that. But first of all, Rob Liefeld. Bobby. Bobby lies. Bobby wise. Lies. <laughs> lies. Bobby Y. I, I was going to say the lies thing. Um, is the movie better than the comic? For people with the... For dumb people, it is. All right. Because to really fully enjoy the comic... A, you have to kind of be able to suspend disbelief because aliens are invading at the end. And that's the whole thing. Yeah. Um, it but makes it's not it... a real alien. It's, yeah. No, alert. but it's it's that. It's We're probably going to spoil Watchmen a whole bunch. Oh, yeah. Time. So much. Uh, the movie changing it to a bomb makes it a bit more. Yeah, I got it. Cool. That's a bomb. There's no other explanation really like. It's a Dr. Manhattan bomb. Huh? It's a Dr. Manhattan bomb. Yeah, but it's not an alien quote-unquote attack. Mm-hmm. So it's a little less to explain. Right. Also, the supplementary information that's in between issues for like the collected stuff mm-hmm. is what makes it so much more in-depth. Mm-hmm. And dumb people don't like reading that stuff. I objective, or unfortunately, admittedly didn't read the, sec- the second half of those because oh. I was like getting into the story and I wanted to just keep reading the comic. Yeah. Um, But... I do need to go back and actually like read those again. I'll probably have to borrow that from you again. Yep. Um, it's I mean it's coming up on on Watchmen Day. Yeah. 
October 12th. Yeah. Oh, hey, also, today is Area 51 day, and apparently there's a fuck ton of people at Area 51 right now, and there's tanks and helicopters just all around. Oh. They kind of made it into, like, more of, like, a party. Like, hey. Yeah, I saw they were doing, like, a music celebrate festival Celebrate the something. internet or something like that. It's like, the internet's so fucking stupid. The government is on high alert right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, Rob Liefeld. It makes, okay, it makes sense. It's, it's on brand for Rob Liefeld to think the movie's better because it's it's more skin level extreme and yeah. awesome yeah than the comic is and that's what rob liefeld's all about there's a reason he named his image studios extreme studios yeah it's fucking rob liefeld it's that's his style that's what he prefers it's now i'm gonna get more into him i don't I don't like it when creators come out and try to say something definitively. Um, mm-hmm. d- is there anything else like wordage about how he's just like, oh, I prefer the movie over the book. Uh, he said it was a quote, much better ending. Okay. Yeah. So he, he went objective with it, which I think is a bad idea for creators in general. And you'll, you'll notice like the big ones, like Brian, Michael Bendis, Garthina, stuff like that. They will talk about how they have preferences of stuff, mm-hmm. but will also like praise everything basically, mm-hmm. and it's great because those guys are the best. Mm-hmm. Um, Rob Liefeld, nope. Not um, Kevin Smith, nope. His opinions, he makes them fact, and then so do fucking the people who were all on their knees in line to suck his cock or like also making his opinions news. I'm still not entirely sure why we elected him, of all people, King of the Nerds. Because he made himself the King of the Nerds. He's the most... He's the Donald Trump of comics. He's the one that everyone's like, eh, he's just kind of doing his own thing. And that, uh, getting a little political, that um, ambival- or not ambivalence, that apathy mm-hmm. towards what's going on allowed it allowed his rise to popularity. Yep. I mean, in defense of Kevin Smith, though, he seems like a decent dude. Oh, he's a totally decent dude. It's the people that are all, like, I just imagine all these news articles like comicbook.com. I fucking hate comicbook.com now. Like, just seeing, they posted this thing, it's like, uh, just, they post their stuff, all their stuff is stupid and, like, out of date. I just imagine just all of them, like, their pants down, bent over, showing their butt, like, ready to just be like, hey, Kevin, fuck me, please. Um... (laughs) But, yeah, no, all that's just absurd. But it's like Kevin Smith and Rob Liefeld, where it's just like, their opinion is apparently news, and we should all agree with them. Yep. Like, we don't say our opinion is news or, like, facts. Like, we literally, kind of one of our, or some of our best episodes are when we have different opinions, mm-hmm. and we're talking about why we have these opinions. Yep. And kind of, like, let people form their own opinions. Yep. But, yeah, so fuck that. Um... Anything else you want to say about that nonsense? No. No. I've given him enough dignifying time by just hearing it out. So speaking of bullshit. Okay. Um, so as as we mentioned for the past several weeks, this is uh, our 100th episode and we are just shooting the shit. Talking about some things that maybe don't get a full episode. Just things that we kind of... It's basically you guys are going to kind of see what we started this podcast for because what stuff we were doing just in the soul lounge at church, mm-hmm. just talking about this stuff. Yeah. Um, based on what 
other people wanted to hear. So well, I, yeah, right. I've I've got other people's like what they want, what you guys want to hear. So mm-hmm. um, Gage had one that yep. he wants to hear. Uh, Matt, who is a new listener, uh, has something he wants to know our opinion on, and then uh, Nick Scientus, who has been listening has been listening a little bit recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll message me stuff uh, on on Facebook occasionally, and he he asked if we've done an episode for CW yet. Uh, which we talked about this and we right. had planned, but the thing with the planning was that Matt was going to go through and watch all the shows, but he made it halfway through the first season. Uh, give or take, probably not actually halfway, probably yeah. only like six or seven episodes. So that's about halfway. I thought it was like 13 episodes. It's 13. Oh, 22. I guess. Oh, actually I first it's... season is usually 13. I thought usually it was longer. Half a season. I don't know. I did. I did not make it more than about seven. Yeah. Um, and it was awesome. I vent a lot about the CW. Mm-hmm. Also, side thing, Dad, have you ever said anything when you're in the room? Because it's our hundredth episode, so you should say something to people. No, <laughs> <laughs> just gave me that most like I don't give a shit look ever. <laughs> has, he, uh, has his voice ever been on the podcast? Probably. I like, think so. Early on, when he says something like over at the computer. Someone find it. Find it. But I complain a lot about the CW. And we're going to do an episode eventually because yeah. I've got a lot of rant I can do. Mm-hmm. But basically, for people who don't know, if this is for some reason the first time you're hearing about it, the CW has this uncanny ability to ruin everything they touch. Case in point. Case in point. Gilmore, Gilmore Girls. Girls. Other and it's they ha, they are the the bad Midas touch, mm-hmm. which is appropriate because Midas is a villain of Green Arrow. Hey, that really <laughs> came full circle there. <laughs> I've already had this. I already had this okay. conversation with Nick, so this is all like kind of prepared. Um, but it's just it was their idiocy of trying to have a Batman show, but they couldn't get Batman. I'm not sure what the, I'll have to do research for whenever we get around to doing that. Mm-hmm. Why they couldn't do Batman. Cause Fox had the Batman show had the Gotham show. Right. And they had the rights to all the villains and stuff. Why didn't, why didn't, uh, CW? I don't know. And I'm curious what that whole business side is. If it's something similar to the whole Marvel deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but they made green arrow as close to Batman as they could. Guy that makes everything in gadgets. He has the um, Felicity who's there to help him out. He gets the sidekick. He, uh, well, in the comics, he's had sidekicks, so that's not a huge thing. Uh, but then they like they just get things wrong that didn't need to be wrong. Mm-hmm. There were things that they changed that it just doesn't make sense why they changed. Rather, to, or instead of like it didn't make sense why it needed to be changed beyond seemingly just being different from the comic. Mm-hmm. For example. Creating a sister, fine. Naming her Speedy, no. Because then when Roy Harper came along, you had already taken his name away mm-hmm. and it just made no sense. Um, it's almost like they didn't plan anything out ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, they had the um, Black Archer or the Dark Archer malcolm merlin for the first season who was a green arrow of an enemy but then they just started bringing in all the batman people like they brought in huntress mm-hmm. they brought in rachel ghoul 
Who else did they bring in? I'm trying to remember, like, because I fucking stopped paying attention. Who the hell? Like, Dark, Dark Archer came back because they realized they couldn't do it. Um, but then, so that's Green Arrow, like, some of Green Arrow's problems. Then they introduced the Flash. Okay. Stupid, terrible costume. Grant Gustin is not at all... He is, he is skin and bones. And he is not at all the personality of Barry Allen. Similar to how Stephen Amell is not at all the personality of Green Arrow. He's more the personality of Batman. Huh. Funny. Don't and so he shows up. And then, for the first season, they give you all the rogues. But then they fucking end it. And then send some of them to the legend, uh, Legends of Tomorrow. One of them kind of just doesn't. It's just all <laughs> stupid bullshit. And now all of the enemies since season two have just been the next fastest guy. Like the first one was reverse flash. Then it was zoom. Now, then it was Savitar. Then it was like death, which is a thing that actually happened in the new 52, but like they're fucking out. And then I guess they introduced excess, which is a, um, it's a good guy, good girl. Uh, who's it's just, they fuck everything up. And then, they did uh, Wally West, and but he was black. And also, Iris's cousin, not Iris's nephew, which is in the comics. So Wally hmm. West is this new kid, and he's black. Fine. Diversity. Whatever. But then, they made him a different character in the comics. They introduced that Wally West as a different character in the comics. Oh. So it's not the same Wally West. Which okay, ah. so there's an under so there there's what I'm saying now could be taken out of context and contradictory to what I said about um what was it uh, uh like changing the race of a character mm-hmm. eliminates the pride that people can have in that character because it's just like oh you take the uh take all the accomplishments of white Captain America and then you just make Steve Rogers black. Mm-hmm. Yay, diversity. Instead, you have Black Panther, who is black and has made a name for himself because he's fucking badass himself. Mm-hmm. Um, they made him Wally West, which is fine. But then making him a different person, but Wally West, but no one liked him because mm-hmm. he's just this whiny bitch. And then they brought back Wally West. So now they have Wal- uh, Wally West and then Wallace West. Oh, jeez. And it's just the comics, the comics have been getting convoluted because they have to try to keep up with the bullshit that is CW. (laughs) And it's just, and sad. you CW, you can't win with the CW. You CW, get it? Oh, I I see what you did there. That's uh, that's very clever. Um, It's just, and then uh, what's the other show? Oh, Supergirl started on Fox was bad, but then came over to the CW and just got worse somehow is just terrible <laughs> all the effects are garbage by the way all the time yeah um supergirl is one of those shows that like it's like scrubs a little bit where the characters they learn a lesson at the end but it doesn't fucking stick mm-hmm. and then so they happen and then uh legends uh legends of tomorrow started happening which was just i don't know there are some just loose strand heroes we have that we can just put together and they're time traveling and time traveling doesn't make any sense. Their their rules it is the easily the worst time traveling system I've ever seen in my life. 
Okay. It just makes no fucking sense. Like they have they, in several episodes, they say contradicting thing, tr- contradicting things. It's like, oh hey, whatever we do now is just that's because it already happened. And then it's like, oh, don't get involved because you'll change the future. It's like, wait, but I thought you just you established it was a because we've talked about this like a little bit before. Uh, there's fluid time and then there's uh, whatever the like concrete static, static time where. And those those all like so Back to the Future's fluid time because he was fucking with the past and then he started to disappear. Um, then there's the Twilight Zone where the uh, the nurse uh, drowns uh, the time traveler drowns the bait or throws the baby off a cliff or something or throws Hitler into the like water mm-hmm. and then the um, the nurse who sees that feels bad for letting that happen or something and then get, donates her own baby to the Hitlers and that becomes actually Hitler uh. because whatever you do has already happened. Right. Um, so it's uh, stuff like that, but they are super stupid and convoluted and bullshit. And then they just get like bigger and bigger and they start doing things that just are absurd. Like they did crisis on honor earth X original title, original story. Fine. It was terrible. But then they were like, let's go with crisis and infinite earths. Yay. Not so yay. And they're ruining somehow they're ruining everything else because they're bringing everyone from smallville back they're bringing brandon ruth back who is already the adam in this show in this scene in this universe that's adorable they're bringing him back they're bringing back everybody like if if whatever this reason is that they can't get batman stuff they would absolutely get michael keaton george clooney they would fucking raise the dead and bring adam west back (laughs) They probably would try to like CGI recreate them. They would it absolutely. Would be, be like it would be the TV level worst. effect. It'd be oh horrifying. yeah, it would look like a stick. Somehow they would botch, botch it so bad it would look like a literal stick. <laughs> uh, and then Christian Bale, like they would bring all the Batman in if they could, you but they can't. Val Kilmer, huh? You skipped Val Kilmer. Oops, Val Kilmer. He's still around. What's he doing? Uh I don't know. He's probably doing something. I haven't seen him in a while. Is is he one of the ones that it turned out he is secretly kind of a jerk? Maybe. Did he get, like, Me too No, I don't think so. Anyway, so the CW sucks. We're going to do a full... I'm going to do a full episode on that eventually, just kind of yeah. researching why things like production costs, stuff like that. Um, just... I'm going to and I'm, I'm gonna do it after I've had a chance to read more Green Arrow stuff, because I have very limited knowledge on the Green Arrow stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, next on my list for non-New 52 stuff is actually the Longbow Hunters, and then that long run in the eighties of the green arrow. Okay. Um, and so once I do that, Hellboy and Swamp. Oh yeah. Also, I can't spend money right now cause I'm super broke. Good thing. I just loaned you like 15 different comics. Yep. And I have not read a single thing because my time is just not there. Yep. So that's, that's a general thing about the CW. Uh, Nick asked me about it. What I thought about the crisis and about Tom Welling coming back. And it's just small. Will was a decent show. I'm not going to hate on it, but CW is going to ruin Tom Welling. Like, I don't know why he's coming back. I don't know why anyone just goes to the CW at all. Money starts with an M and rhymes with honey. Yeah. So I don't like that. They're doing this. It's just crisis on infinite earths. Isn't they're making it about, Hey, everyone's here. That's not really what it's about. It's, like it's it's not about everyone 
really. It's about a few, like, not a few, a, a big number of particular heroes who have to stop literally the, all of the universes from being destroyed. And they've introduced the Monitor, and he actually looks pretty good. Like, his costume is actually pretty on point. Okay. Um, But it's just, God, they're going to fucking ruin it. They're already ruining it. We know. And it makes me mad. Let's talk about something else. All right. What's the thing Gage wanted to know about? Gage. So Gage saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the right. new Quentin Tarantino movie. Yes. And everyone liked it except Gage. Gage didn't. Now, Gage, I apologize, but I didn't have a chance to see Once Upon a Time in oh, Hollywood. Oh, shit, neither have I. Uh, I'll, I'll get to something. Okay. So there was one showing this week I could have gone to, and it was at 10 p.m. at the Quail Springs Mall Theater on Ooh. Wednesday night. And so I drove up. But I drove up and I, like, missed a turn and I got there at, like, 10.20. And uh-huh. I couldn't figure out how to get into the mall because all the doors were locked. Oh, and no. doors were inside. And it got to, like, 10.30, 10.35. And I was like, I've already missed 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Even after trailers, it's not going to be worth it. And so I just drove home. So, sorry, Gage, I failed. That being said, I want to get to your point because you were, you were wondering specifically about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I'm, I'll... I'll I'll see it at some point, and yeah. we'll answer this question more specifically. But just it got me thinking about there's there's a lot of a lot of movies that everyone thinks is good, and most of them I agree. I can see why they're good. Some of them I don't like as much as others. Um, I'm not huge on Pulp Fiction. I gangster movies never really clicked with me. So like Godfather, Goodfellas, respect the heck out of them don't love them mm-hmm. as movies just didn't, didn't really click with me um city of god everyone loves and i'm kind of just like yeah i mean i get it but also yeah. not for me uh but then there's a few movies that everyone loves that i just don't understand mm-hmm. i can't see what everyone else sees in them well that sounds familiar to me mm-hmm. like princess bride yeah so Princess Bride's one for you. One I've talked about at great length is Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 1. Yep. Um, it's just, so, I, is it so much just a very personal bias, like yours is with the humor? And mine's probably also with the humor for Guardians, yeah. at least. Um, but uh, in a more serious one, American Beauty. You know, American Beauty. Mm-hmm. Turns out it's really creepy in retrospect. It's about... Um, Kevin Spacey being kind of a repressed middle-aged man uh, who's crushing on his daughter's high school friend. Um, wow. Is her high school friend a boy? No, but uh, uh, there's quite a bit of... I say, what a reach. <laughs> there's quite a bit of, of uh, plot st- uh, happenings based on his neighbor's false belief that Kevin Spacey is gay and having an affair with his high school son, played oh. by Wes Bentley. So... Uh, yeah, suddenly a little too real there, but yeah. um, no, it's a it's a movie that everyone everyone really loved, and it got a bunch of awards attention. I don't think it won Best Picture, but it was it was nominated, and it was mm-hmm. one of the front runners. It might have won Best Screenplay or something. Yeah, and I just don't get it. The direction is weird. It does this thing where it'll like show the same thing three times in a row, mm-hmm. just like the exact same shot over and over again yeah um the story is just bland and uh, nothing the characters none of the characters are likable 
The writing is weird. It's just, I, I legitimately don't understand. And no one has been able to explain to me yet what people see in it. And so, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there is, there are good reasons for this movie getting as, as popular as it is. But I can't help but wonder if some of it is also just, I don't know, it happened to push a couple of critics' buttons the right way. And yeah. they led opinion more powerfully than you'd expect and that could definitely be one of the primary reasons that it's so gauge kind of the blanket to answer your question is it rather than going why did everyone else like this but i didn't like why didn't i like this when nobody else did Mm -hmm. it's more of like understanding that you are probably just not listening to critics blindly Mm -hmm. um which is something that I've had to l- I've learned over time because mm-hmm. starting off I just blindly followed critics, right? But then I've been able to form my own opinion, my own initial opinion, and then critique it, and then you know, I've, I've, as we've seen, <laughs> yep, through Far From Home, where apparently I realized that my opinion was way wrong. <laughs> um, yep. But it's just you you formed your own opinion, but the reason that you think that your opinion might be wrong or like you're confused is because. The rest of the world just follows critics blindly because they're the ones who know. It's like, it's bullshit. Art is subjective. I mean, it's not, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I I mean, you ask a lot of casual moviegoers, though, and they'll be like, oh, I don't listen to the critics at all. I think they're just pretentious and don't know anything. Hmm. Um, well, no, but they, they don't look it up, mm-hmm. the critics, but... The marketing campaigns of, like, showing what critics are saying really does work on a subconscious level. Mm-hmm. It gets you hyped up. Like, you, you'll you see, like, it's kind of a subconscious understanding of the same way that we that we can kind of identify when executives are saying, oh, hey, it's, like, really, really good. Mm-hmm. You're like, no. And then, like, when early reviews, quote, unquote, come out and it's everyone who's saying is good is just like oh it's fun and funny and cool and blah 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 and the people that are bad are like the plot made no sense act three fell down completely and mm-hmm. when it comes to storytelling blah 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 get specifics when you're watching a trailer or a, a, a be a tv spot when you're watching a tv spot you, you subconsciously notice when it's just like great movie hilarious uh side stitchingly funny but then it's just like but when it gets a bit more specific on good stuff, then you kind of, you notice that. Mm-hmm. Um, so people watching TV spots of once upon a time in Hollywood, critics loved it. So that, so you could get specific things that you would put in there. It's like best storytelling of the year, blah, blah, blah. Like mm-hmm. uh, most emotional joy ride of the year, blah, 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 stuff like that. Casual moviegoers notice that maybe not outwardly notice it, but they, they soak it in. And then that affects their opinion when they go in. It's because like, oh, the critics thought that this was an emotional ride. And then therefore you are a bit more emotionally invested when you go in. Um, Gage, you don't often engage specifically doesn't actually, I don't believe watch TV all that much. He's very mm-hmm. much in Netflix and stuff like that. So he probably doesn't see those TV spots. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I feel like maybe an effect we've had on him is like to ignore critics mm-hmm. and to form your own opinion. Maybe that's something that it's, he's starting to see is forming his own opinion mm-hmm. and it just so happens to disagree with critics. Yeah. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, we can't tell you about the movie, like why, why we might think you and distant, you didn't enjoy it. If there was like specific pacing issues that maybe you noticed or something, we have no idea, mm-hmm. but 
I think that's a psychological reason that it seems like a reasonable part of it. Another one of those uh, weirdly out of character, intelligent <laughs> moments for Preston there going. I'll also add in our recurring point that it's Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. And so he gets a little, he probably just gets a little more of a bump yeah. in the, the zeitgeist oh, yeah. than he maybe deserves. Like I said, Quentin Tarantino is one of the most overrated directors. Yeah. And I keep saying it's because everyone knows who he is, so everyone automatically thinks his movies are great. I'm not a huge fan of all of his movies all the time. Yep. Honestly, I don't even know how many movies I really actively enjoy. I, I've i only seen a couple of his that I didn't enjoy, but I have never seen one that I thought, whoa, that was really good. Yeah. All right. Yep. Okay. So that answers I'll, his. I hope that sort of answers your question, Gage. And again, I'll... Once, once upon a time, a Hollywood comes out on streaming. I'll watch it and actually yeah. do some thoughts on it. Um, so something that Matt brought up to me, uh, it wasn't brought up. I just asked him what he wanted to hear. Uh, if there other was anything Matt, not me. Know. Other Matt, yeah, Matt Hall, lawyer Matt. Right. Um, is what we expect from the inevitable Spider Verse two? Ooh. And I haven't really thought about that all that much. That's yeah. I've kind of just like let that one, like with other movies, like with bad universes and stuff, we kind of like with solo when mm. we're, we're trying to justify the first movie by saying what they should do. <laughs> um, it's just, it's such a good self-contained movie. Yeah. And and yeah, it will get a sequel or some sort of, Oh, absolutely. but it just, it feels There's like already a, two, two in the two on the docket. Okay. It, it, it feels just a little bit like writing a sequel to inception. It's yeah. just, you could do it and you could make it great, but I, I just, I'm not thinking about it because the first one worked so well as a self-contained movie. Yeah. There's uh, presently no overarching plot that needs to be fleshed out a little bit. So you could get anything from it. I, I would actually expect a little bit that they focus in more. They get less uh, interdimensional with it and focus strictly in on Miles's character uh, and do more of a straightforward Spider-Man story. Yeah. Because um, Into the Spider-Verse, I think they probably realized if they played it safe, it wouldn't be an interesting movie. It wouldn't be enough. Yeah. And so they decided to take some risks and try a weird concept mm-hmm. and just go all in on it just to start things off, just to, just to get the drum up the interest and to get the comic book nerds get their attention and then there's some word of mouth right there and take some risks with just the the, trying the new techniques and yeah different things something i'm a little concerned about um is dude was thrust into just insane high stakes right off the bat Mm -hmm. um he got his powers and then the next day was fighting with interdimensional people fighting Mm -hmm. in a in a hadron collider is that what that was super collider yeah it was like that kind of thing and they're like dancing through dimensions and stuff like that like you could almost do kind of thing that we talked about a little bit with uh the marvel universe following all this the infinity saga Mm -hmm. is how do we handle little stuff Mm -hmm. worse it's like how do you how does the how does thor deal with like lower issues now that he's come back to ground and he's just like oh god there's actually like problems with just asgard what Except do i he'd do probably say oh me because you know he is god now oh sort yeah. of 
Also, Asgard is now uh, Valkyrie's problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sucker. But uh, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to say what what they would do with that. Well, I I think I think your comparison goes a little too far because there's a big difference between Miles Morales, Spider Man, and Thor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thor is a very established character, and he's he's been a powerful sort of lead superhero from well, I'm saying from like the very start of the first movie. I'm saying like the person, like the character personally, like he was just in this big old thing. Yes, but he was also still a newbie, and he was really he had to rely on the the people around him. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, I mean, kind of the the whole character arc is him stepping out on his own for the first time, and actually making an impact by himself and mm-hmm. saving the day by himself. But that doesn't mean that he didn't have a lot of help getting there. It doesn't mean he's going to not have a lot of anxieties and difficulties setting out into the world on his own. Yeah. And so now he's, he doesn't have his friends. He doesn't have a fallback plan. It's just him. Yeah. And he's got a roommate in. who's super confused. Yeah. That too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, throw him in against, uh, I don't know. I mean, all the villains have... are still around, so like yeah, uh, Scorpion and uh, well, Prowler's obviously not around, right? Um, um, Scorpion and Doc Ock, I think, is still <coughs> still around. I think so. Um, did we get a version of Green Goblin? I don't remember. Uh, well, he's still there. Like we got, he was the very first. He was the one that killed the initial Spider-Man. No, it was Kingpin. Well, well, he was the one fighting him. Oh yeah. Um, I think he got dead. Oh, I mean, there's also fight. there's also the post credit scene with Spider Man twenty ninety nine. Oh yeah, so that could, that could totally come in, be something. I think Vulture also could show up. Like yeah. there's there's a lot of Spider Man villains, and like especially with how well they can be written, and also the good faith the world has with Vulture right now after that after Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, fucking Mr. Keaton. Mr. Keaton. <laughs> God, I almost <laughs> forgot his name. Um, so yeah. Uh, expectations are just another great movie um probably another just very self self-contained movie probably him struggling with being alone um now that like matt mentioned all of his friends are gone yep he uh, can't make mistakes anymore yeah he falls he's back on him Buck stops has, with him. exactly yeah he has no no cushion so probably dealing with that i think it's going to be kind of a time jump maybe him in college now because he's in high school he was in high school for that one? I think so. Yeah, like maybe put him freshman in... in the new school kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Maybe yeah, maybe not all the way to college, but at least give him a couple years to be a little more established. Yeah. Get get a bit more comfortable. So I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Yep. I'm excited, that's for sure. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to I've got a couple more things, but anything anything on your list of things that you want to talk about? Um Yeah, I I, I did have something I wanted to hit. Um I mean, speaking of good superhero movies, I guess, I've been thinking a lot about The Dark Knight recently. Okay. Just for, I don't know, no particular reason. Yeah. Um, and just how much of an effect that movie had on me and my development as a, a movie watcher. Because before that, you know, I, I liked movies. I'd watch all the Star Wars and Lord of the Rings over and over again, which I'm sure sounds familiar to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I I never saw Batman Begins. It was playing on a flight that I was on, and I wanted to watch it, but my headphone jack wasn't working. Uh-huh. And so I kind of caught a couple of bits and pieces out of the corner of my eye. Um, and my dad was like, oh, that was that was really good. That was much better than I was expecting. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, that's something. I was also, what, eight, 
nine when Batman Begins came out? Oh, when Batman Begins? Yeah, I was I nine. Was four or five, right? 2005. 2005, so that'd be nine. Yeah. So I was nine. I didn't have much of opinions about movies. I was, I'd was, i be like, oh, superhero, yay, fun. Yeah. Um, and then 2008 rolled around, and I was like, hey, this, this Dark Knight movie looks pretty good. And at that point, I'm 12. I'm a little more mature. I'm starting to think on my own and actually form my own opinions about stuff. Mm-hmm. And I go see that movie, and it blows my mind. Yeah. Just so many things I didn't realize you could do with storytelling and characters. And it's the the movie that made me want for quite a while to be, write movie soundtracks. Yeah. The the scene at the end where Two-Face has got Har- or, um, Gordon's family, mm-hmm. and there's that sort of building strings piece yeah. in the background, that just cut me to the core. And that was so that was the first movie soundtrack I ever went out and bought. Yeah. Just because that struck me. Um, I dressed up as the Joker for Halloween that year. Um, oh. My my Zune, my my old familiar Zune, which I oh boy, I believe I got the next year, and I'm still using. Used it on the way over here. Yeah. To listen to some music. Um, what is she doing out there? Shrieking. <laughs> I don't know if that comes across on the. Just blending something up. Yeah. Um, the Zune, it makes you name it when you first get it. I named it the Joker just cause oh, it, was it was 2000, it was 2009 and I was, uh, just, that was, that was it. That was my first real pop culture obsession. Yeah. And it, it, it introduced me to Christopher Nolan. And so it started me thinking about, there's actually someone that made this. There's someone that thought this up in their head and then decided where the cameras should go. Yeah. And, there's people that wrote all these lines and there's actors that played all these characters and it 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 turned me from just a kid watching the pretty lights to i don't want to say a grown-up but it put me (laughs) on the path to being a grown-up i became a man that was the day i became a man I sprouted chest hair in the theater. Well, then you developed a really weird <laughs> southern accent. What was that? That was kind of South Carolina accent. That was not a southern accent. Yeah, but it just uh, it like a, it it started it started me on the path to movie watching maturity, and so yeah. after that, I started getting more into movies and um, discovered that me and my mom have very similar taste in movies, so. We watched a whole bunch of movies when I was in high school, mm-hmm. um, and that, but that I think that all started just because Dark Knight, yeah, did that for me. Did you? Do you have a movie like that that, that kind of got me into? Got you into, or just really changed your thinking on sort of a meta level? Not that I can think of that did it. Um, I think really just the first time I actually started thinking about movies was actually because of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually one of my points. Great segue, Preston. Nice. Way to ruin the segue by mentioning it. Um, I didn't... If I had to choose a movie that was like that was pivotal in the way I evaluated movies, it would probably be Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Okay. Because um, I remember that movie happening, and I remember it being a smart movie and not caring. And then... Watched Dark, uh, I mean, Dark Knight Rises I had watched several times. Um, mm. And then when we started the podcast, when we started the podcast, you can go back to those early episodes, and I I know nothing about movies. Mm-hmm. Like, I did, this this podcast has helped me just innumerably gr- grow. If you could, 
No, fuck, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> if you could quantify growth, it would be an innumerable growth. Oh, there we go. This is time for the grand reveal. This podcast was all just a personal growth exercise for you. We're done. Yep. Pers- Preston is perfected. Episodes. We Woo. did it. I did numbers. Got better. Uh, no, but like no, I... get back to your point. Um, it, it, it teaches me... It, it taught me a lot about like what to actually look for. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of that was through reading reviews before going to see a movie. So I knew mm-hmm. kind of what to, what they were looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'll, I'll be honest about this. When I went to see uh, Justice League, I read a ton of reviews going into it. I had a lot of things spoiled for me. Okay. Except for the, the Green Lantern thing, which is why I lost my shit. I still have the bruises. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then going back to Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy after learning kind of how to watch a movie mm-hmm. was just a very much – was a very different experience. Um, and that's the one that really showed me. It's like, wow, movies can be fucking intelligent. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when it became my favorite movie and I've just watched it several times. Um, that movie, it's, I don't watch it as much as I would like to have watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a, I don't want to say it's a chore, but it's, it's definitely a task. It's time consuming. Uh, like it, it, and energy consuming, I guess yeah. is a good way to say it. You, you have to you have to put in what you're willing what you want to get out of that movie. Yeah, and if you're gonna like to watch that movie, I need to know that I'm not distracted by anything. I'm with pe- people that are there are people that are going to watch the movie. Mm-hmm. I have my popcorn already, which I'm gonna try to stop eating popcorn, but I can't just I just can't not have popcorn when I'm watching a movie mm-hmm. unless I just don't have the popcorn in the house. Um, have the popcorn, have the beer, and then sit down and watch it and not be tired. Right. Which is definitely very hard to come by <laughs> these days. Yep. Um, but it's, I want to watch it all the time, but it's definitely like, I don't have the time or the energy to watch a movie in general, mm-hmm. let alone one that I need to focus really heavily on. Yeah. Um, I, I heard a great analogy, uh, recently. It was, it was actually applied to, to literature. Um, there was a, I, there was a kid that was complaining about being forced to read all these boring quote unquote books yeah. in school. And, uh, someone, I think a former teacher compared it to, uh, the difference between fast food and a healthy home cooked meal. Yeah. Fast food is to, to bring this over to movies. It's the stuff that's tasty and entertaining, but doesn't really have any deeper meaning it doesn't it doesn't what's the star wars it's not it's not good for your soul as much it's the star wars yeah and it's calories it'll fill you up and it's you got to eat and so it's star wars it's mcu it's uh if you want to bring specifics in it's burger king is maybe transformers yeah (laughs) Uh, that's whataburger (laughs) yeah there's a very particular people that enjoy whataburger and there's a very particular people that enjoy the transformers I wonder if there's a correlation. I'm actually really curious now. Data, fast food and movie franchises overlap. Do some data analytics. Let's do, yeah, let's do some. Let's do some research here. Anyway, uh, no, and then uh, a home cooked meal is a Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy or The Hunt or something like that, where it you've got to put in a bunch of time and effort. But when you do, yeah, you get much more intellectually. You get much more emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, you're stretching yourself to try to appreciate all these technical details. And that's, what's kind of hard, hard in this world as people that like us 
if we were to get popular, we would be considered influencers. Mm-hmm. And like our influence is trying to get people to go enjoy long movie, like good movies. Mm-hmm. But it's we tried to get my our friends to watch Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy once. Mm-hmm. It was a fucking travesty. Yeah, because a particular person in our life at that point was just not interested in like that kind of the attitude. It's a virus. It it affects everyone else who's there for the first time. And if one person's just like, ugh, I don't want to be here, then like another person who like maybe wasn't fully 100% on board with it also kind of doesn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Which is why there's sometimes when I'm wa- when we're watching movies that I will watch the movie and only invite you and get Andrew in there. Mm-hmm. It's because I know that you guys I can trust with it, like good movies. Emily's getting there. Um, good. She la- she does sometimes she lacks. Motherfucker. I was hoping it would pop up when I said that. Um, just lacks. Fuck! What is that word? Anyway, I it's. thought of something that could have been it earlier this week, and now I can't remember it. Um, but she's. Uh, she definitely. She has the intention of enjoying good movies, mm-hmm. which is the, is, the, is the first step to being That's, able to watch these that movies. That is more than half the battle, I think. Yeah. Um,. But then there's like uh, people like Brendan who love him to death, but his his goal is to not sit down and enjoy a, an intellectual movie and think about it. Right. He wants to watch the Star Wars and stuff like that, Lord of the Rings stuff like that, um, but doesn't want to put the time in. So like it's I gotta get Tiercy to watch Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. I think she might enjoy it, but it's it's definitely a chore to get people to get people into this stuff. Yep. Um, took me fucking two and a half years. Yeah. <laughs> One rule. If you're trying to get your friends into serious movies, no phones. And I'm oh God, yes. dead serious about that. No phones, not even for like five seconds in the quote unquote boring bits. I literally went on IMDb to check who an actor was and take it to the soldier spy in this last one. And I mm-hmm. fucking missed a giant chunk. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it, you, you miss stuff and it pulls you out of the experience. Because you get your brain going and your brain gets in this rhythm and then you you almost break your concentration. Yeah. And it worsens the whole experience for you. You don't and get just, as much out. It overall just kind of sucks. Like, it's a really good analogy with fast food because so few people in our generation know how to cook mm-hmm. because that's not something that's taught, really. It, what we're taught is the ease of just, let's go to run a, run a Taco Bell yeah. and then get our food uh, back in the house. Um, and that's what... And I've talked about it a lot. Man, my mom is screeching again. Um, <laughs> we've talked about it. I talked about it, I think, last episode or, like, the episode before that I wish that there was less movies because typically people go see movies one or twice a year. Once or twice a year. Fewer. Fewer. Yeah. You're right. Whoops. Fewer movies. Uh, people see fewer movies. They see maybe once or twice uh, a year around right beginning of summer and around Christmas. Mm-hmm. And if there were fewer movies like the MCU and stuff like that. If they're basically at the end of summer or at the beginning of summer, there was no of none of those movies Mm -hmm. and people were like, Hey, want to go see a movie? They'd be like, all right, what's the next best one. And it's something that's intelligent, some kind of indie movie, like maybe uh, moonlight uh, is out there. I almost said Mm -hmm. moonlight sonata. (laughs) Uh, Maybe the moonlight's out there and they all go see that. So like Mm -hmm. people that are casual movie goes, go and see that. And it's an, ease and it's requiring them to home cook a meal Mm -hmm. to realize that it's very satisfying and filling over time yeah i that's not gonna happen because we're fucking americans are stupid i i (laughs) I don't think even in an ideal world where you take away 
the the fluffy stuff which don't get me wrong i love me some star wars mm-hmm. i love me some mcu i love me the occasional taco bell that's that is there is absolutely nothing wrong with yeah that. a little fast food it is quick it's convenient it's tasty and you know what it's not the end of the world if you have fast food every now and then yep um but you got to have serious stuff too and i think i <sighs> I, I think if you do take away all of that more pure entertainment stuff, people probably just watch less movies because yeah. there's a lot of people that just don't want to put in that effort. They don't mm-hmm. want to engage with something that takes that much time, commitment, and energy. Yeah. They don't want something that's not entertaining because I, I think people do have an inter- just an instinct to want to be entertained. Yeah. And you have to make a choice to override that instinct, not override, but to to want something more on top of that yeah. instinct. And that choice is not always an easy one to make. And there's a lot of people that just don't want to do it, don't care to do it, don't think it's worth their time to do it. Uh-huh. And so even if you gave them a whole lineup of, I don't know, Moonlight and Manchester by the Sea and then three billboards, three lobster. billboards and yeah, all, all, all this great stuff. They're just going to be like, well, it's it's not worth my time to see one of these movies. Yeah, I recognize that they're probably really good movies, yeah. but I'm not going to get enough out of them for it to be worth it. I'm yeah. going to go, I don't know. And that's where the analogy kind of falls apart, I yeah. guess, that you're not going to starve yourself to death if you can't get fast food. <laughs> right, because there's other different outlets for entertainment. Yeah. So, yeah. Beer. Beer. Beer's a good outlet for entertainment. Yep. <laughs> I drink a lot of beer. What are other stuff? Because we actually, um, I mean, we hit the hour mark, which is fine. But like, I there's a lot of pop culture we haven't actually addressed mm-hmm. with our podcast so far. Like, we haven't talked about books yet. Not much, yeah. What books do you like? Um, this could get super boring super quick. Couldn't <laughs> this it? could, this really, really could. And you're gonna, you're gonna be able to tell that from my my list of a few of my favorite books here. Um, I really like Light in August, which is Faulkner. Um, he's the guy yep, who wrote already boring. Yep, he's, he's, he wrote uh, "Sound and the Fury" and "As I Lie Dying," and a lot of people probably read one or another of those in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, "Light in August" I think is more readable than either of those because he's a little less crazy with the style, which means he was probably a little more sober when he wrote it. Yeah, um, he's the guy who said, "Write drunk, edit sober." Ooh, I like him. Yeah, <laughs> I like being. I don't. I hate being drunk. Yeah, sucks. Yep. Um, but that one, it's a, it's a story. It's set in the South. It's around three different characters. Um, the main character is a guy named Joe Christmas, who's an orphan who believes uh, that he is part black, and he lets that kind of isolate himself from the the community because it's, mm-hmm. I don't know, a late nineteenth century South. Yeah. If you're black, it's gonna hurt you. But he 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 doesn't have proof. He just, he makes that part of his identity and deliberately isolates himself. Gotcha. Um, so his kind of the main focus. And then there's also, um, uh, I guess a preacher guy who kind of deliberately isolates himself for more intellectual reasons. Um, and then there's a young woman who is isolated from the community because she's pregnant and her man ran off. And so she's, she's on her own. Um, and so it's just, it's a fun little study. Fun's not the right word. It's, it's serious and pretty grim in places. Yeah. Um, there's at least one castration, as I recall. We should do some episodes. Well, I mean, like we had the we have the intention of when things kind of slow down. There's just so many movies coming out. We need to 
what we can do if we get people to actually fucking like involve like, get engaged with us which mm-hmm. does happen with gauge <laughs> get it engaged ha- engage. uh and mark and get nick and kaylin and people to actually like react mm-hmm. i think what we should do at the very beginning of the year and we could try this for the first time is put a list out of all the movies that are coming out like all the big movies that are coming out in the next year mm-hmm. and then have them vote on like which ones we actually format an episode around okay and so we actually have space because there's stuff we want to do where like we break up the harry potter series like talk about yeah. the movies uh review the movies and then like review like the books and like how different they are from stuff like that and mm-hmm. like then go like the technical side because there's people who are interested in the technical side of movies mm-hmm. stuff like that a new kind of series like podcast episode series of things and do some of those i love how quickly and sharply segue segue to me away from talking about my books yeah it was <laughs> i realized that like you could spend a lot of time and also i'm very very hungry mm. and i need to help my mom bake something for the Oktoberfest tomorrow okay and so she's probably gonna get mad at me if i'm if we go on for much longer right. let me let me just say two words wallace stegner who's that best writer of the second half of the best american writer of the second half of the 20th century what has he done uh nothing you'd have heard of but oh, good. um big rock candy mountain crossing to safety uh angle rock. of repose i've heard of that person not the book you've heard of the song probably oh uh, yeah probably yeah um uh his his short stories he has a collected edition of short stories it's only about 500 pages yeah they were like 30 stories absolutely phenomenal um dude's got a way with words and he writes people like real people cool. it's just it's incredible he's really good um maybe i'll read a book at some point we can do an episode on a book yeah we can just do like a once every six months or something book club book club do the justice losers book club yep anyway anyway any other things you kind of wanted to shoot the shit about a little bit i think that's all the stuff i really wanted to hit all right this could have gone way differently we structured it a little too much Almost. Oh, well. <laughs> shall we? We shall. Yeah. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to our 100th episode. Uh, to help us get to to help us get to our next 100 years, you should probably like, subscribe, and tell a friend. Tell a fucking friend. Yeah, check us out on... Whoops, I bumped the mic there. Uh, check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes and Podbean and Spotify, starting recently. Uh, we've got a YouTube channel where we'll probably post some stuff eventually. Um, that music we were listening to on my Zune on the way over, that's all music that's going to be in the first episode of Classical Music Clickbait. So, yeah, some good stuff there. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, where we're Justice Losers. You know how Facebook works. Uh, we're on Twitter, at Justice Losers Pod. We're on Instagram, where we occasionally post pictures of glaring Russians. Uh, I think that's also at Justice Losers Pod. Uh, we have a Gmail, justusloserspod at gmail.com for all your theories and extended things, uh, Bionicle-related or otherwise. Thanks, Mark, for the Bionicle theory. I didn't look into it like I said I would. Um, like I said, now I moved. our turn to procrastinate. Ha! <laughs> this is what you get. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, if you've got if you've got more in-depth things that you, you want to write about and maybe you don't want it public like on Facebook, send it to our Gmail, and then we'll just read it verbatim on this podcast. That's very popular and listened to by thousands. Yeah. Next yeah. week? Next week is 2016 movies? Uh, I believe so. All right. Uh, next week, we're talking the best movies of 2016. 
So if you've got any nominations or suggestions for movies that we should definitely talk about, you should hit us up on one of those places I listed. Facebook's probably good. Or maybe Twitter, because we need more interaction on Twitter. Instagram's weird. Don't I don't know how that would work. Uh, yeah. I think that's all things I'm supposed to say. So thanks for a great first hundred episodes, everyone. And bye. Bye. Bye.